Today, I'm talking to someone I've looked up to for a long time. Before we get to her, though, I want to say a quick thank you to our friends at Flow who made this episode possible. Last year, I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers. And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. We partnered up with Flow Alkaline Spring Water at our last InGoop Health in New York, and we were very excited that they said yes again to stocking our water fridges at our upcoming summit in Los Angeles on May 18th. More about InGoop Health in a minute. If you're not familiar with Flow, I'll fill you in. Flow has naturally alkaline spring water, as well as several organic flavor blends, including cucumber mint, blackberry hibiscus, and lemon ginger. They're made without sugar, without artificial sweeteners, and without GMOs. The packaging is mostly sustainable paperboard, and the cap is derived from sugarcane. You can subscribe for regular flow deliveries, and shipping is always free. Head to flowhydration.com for 30% off your order or first month of subscription. Just type in promo code GOOP30 at checkout. That's flowhydration.com, and use GOOP30 for 30% off your order. When you are pioneering anything or introducing new ideas to the culture, you get criticized. You do? Yeah, (laughs) did you hear about that? (laughs) I didn't find the one, I found someone I respected and we made it the one. In a sort of longing kind of view of love, people understand each other as if by magic. Nothing in itself is addictive on the one hand, On the other hand, everything could be addictive if there's an emptiness in that person that needs to be filled. I now know that nobody changes until they change their energy. And when you change your energy, you change your life. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Here we go. Today is a special episode. We recently hosted In Goop Health, our wellness summit in New York City. For those who are curious, we have another one coming up in London in June. You can learn more and get tickets at goop.com slash ingoophealth. I think the summits are impactful for a number of reasons. One is that we get to sit down with some of the most inspiring thinkers of our time and ask them questions. And in New York, I started the day by asking Caroline Mace questions. I've loved Caroline's work for a long time. She's probably most known for her book, Anatomy of the Spirit, which came out in 1996 and will remain relevant for many years to come. 
It was incredible to have the opportunity to talk with Caroline, to ask her about the mind-body-spirit connection, consciousness, and where she sees the world heading. Oftentimes, someone will think that you're not saying something to others when, in fact, it's how you counsel yourself. And counsel's a big word. It's how you speak to yourself about matters in your life, how you interpret your problems, how you interpret your thinking, your attitude, all of that. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Caroline Mace. Hi, everybody. (laughs) I said to to one of... I would never trust my ankles to those heels. I know, but they say love on them. They're pretty, but beautiful. I can't feel my feet, to be totally honest. (laughs) (laughs) Could you tell me a little bit about your background and what is a medical intuitive? Well, I'm also a theologian and writer, so I have to say that because medical intuitive sounds like, but all of you are born medically intuitive, believe it or not. When I was a publisher, I was reading a manuscript and my partner said, you know, this neighbor isn't feeling well, and I said, she has leukemia. That was my first instinct. And after that, you know, one thing led to another, And really, my skill is that I have a natural ability to sense what's wrong. And it was directed toward your health. And everybody has that ability, but our system, your body's system, is naturally directed to tell you what's wrong, to keep you alive. Let me put it that way. Your intuition is directed to keep you alive. So it tells you when and how you're feeling, what you should eat, what you should not eat. When you're sitting around and it'll say, you should get up and exercise. You know when you're annoyed. You know when your system's annoying you. That's that natural intuitive that works like a doctor in you. And then my skill happens to be impersonal, more impersonal than personal. So I have an ability to read yours as well as you can read your own. How do you know the difference between your intuition and your hypochondria, for back of a letter? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good question. Because intuition, if you're attuned to it, is very rapid. It's not emotional. It's not emotional at all. You can get emotional about it, but it's not emotional. That's a very good distinction, I think. Mm -hmm. How did you come to write Anatomy of the Spirit? You want the truth? Yeah. I'll give you a good line. No, I don't. (laughs) Um, Here's the truth. I had to write a book on energy anatomy. That's what I was contracted for. But I had already recorded an energy anatomy force, a company called Sounds True. And the way I work is that once I've done something, it's out. It's like giving birth twice to the same child. You can't do it. <laughs> and it was out of me. I, and, and as I sat at my desk trying to write it again or to deliver that information again, it was gone. And I knew 
it was gone, and it was a crisis for me because I had audibly delivered it. As I anguished over it, I really did go into the desert, and it was months and months, and I thought, what am I, I, I don't know what to do. Then I, I started to teach a seminar with my medical partner, Norm Sheely, with whom I had done all the years of medical intuition work. I still work with him. And we were, I was in a classroom, and I was about to teach the human energy system, what you are like to me, what, you know. And as I turned around and I looked at a blank board, all of a sudden, I saw the seven chakras, the seven sacraments from the Christian tradition, the Kabbalah, and they all merged together into one system that speaks to our bio-spiritual consciousness. And I got it. It was like a, we were like human scriptures to me. And I saw how that fed our energy system. It was just that it was a lightning-fast download. And I excused myself. I went to the phone. I called my editor, who I had dinner with last night. And I said, I'm changing the book. And this is what I'm going to do. It was that fast. Wow. That's how it was born. Amazing. Yeah. I remember reading the book 20 years ago when it came out, and I think it was the first time that I had really understood the chakras mm -hmm. illustrated in an intellectual way and also in a way that I could fully understand what they all were. So I just wonder if you could take us through what all the chakras are I've always been fascinated by, and I go back and look in your book when I think, oh, I'm having this issue, so what is the, what is the trauma that corresponds to the chakra? Well, um, are, are most of you familiar with the word chakra? I is mean, it? these are goopies. Okay, like, all right. So, but if you, you guys know, don't let me know point what the something chakras out. are. Let me point something out about how much we have changed that you would be familiar with that. That is not a, that's not part of our vocabulary, but now it is part of our vocabulary, just to show you how much we have crossed a very different Rubicon in terms of what has become common, not part of our parlance. Number two is that you now think of yourselves as having energy centers in you, which is not how your elders grew up. So your fundamental framework for your body is that you, you now dwell in a world behind your eye far more than people of previous generations. So you, you, I mean, get that compass. It's quite an extraordinary leap. So we have these seven energy centers that are filled with data and make the leap that you are also in a hologram, that there is an energy field around you. So you just don't have energy centers. You're dwelling in an energy field. Then you make the leap to this, that there's energy coming in through the top of your head. It's not enough to know that. You need to know that you are actually managing that energy all the time, which means you're 
you can hemorrhage that energy at the drop of a hat, that every choice you make is a negotiation of power, of your energy is power. So your seven centers are actually centers of power, and your first that you're sitting on, you want me to describe the interior? Yes, please. The, the first that you're sitting on is, if I were doing a reading on you, the, the first and second and third, do you mind if I stand up? No. Because it's kind of, it's easier. Okay. Your first and second and third are your survival centers. And this is where you're going to lose your most power. This is where you get sick. So your first center has all the data about who you are, where you came from, the family you came from, your tribal center, your ethnic background. And it, it has your habitus maximus. That's where I find that. That's Latin. It's the best way to say it. It means the maximum habits that you absorbed when you were growing up, the habits around the hearth, whether you come from a loving family or not, that data is in that part of your body. Going up to your second, this is where we wear our weapons. There's so much to tell you about each one of these. I have to do it fast, but it isn't. I could take you into each one of these centers for the, all day long. Your second center is where you connect one-on-one. -on -one. So if your first center is your community, is whether or not you're rooted, whether or not you have roots, whether or not you need roots, and what roots you entirely. It's whether or not you're associated with a religion and what that means to you. And by that, I don't mean your whatever political or personal issues you have with religion in the streets today. I'm not interested in that. That's just, I'm talking about roots in a understanding of whether there is a cosmos above you and does it matter to you. Your second is your relationship one-on-one -on -one with people. And this is where, for example, the lower back, this is financial, this is sexual, and this is your need to create. So this is the pregnancy area. This is also weapons, fight or flight. This is also your stress of your fear of being raped. This is also mistrust. This is your gut sense of survival. And, and the important part about this, this is the beginning of your sense of conscience, not consciousness. And we've gotten away from that word conscience, which is a real dilemma for us. This is where that metronome of balance, is this right or is this wrong? Is this a good move for me or is it not? This is where that instinct is. Instinct, your survival instinct, right here. Your third is your sense of identity. Who are you? Who am I? What's my self-esteem? 
So, you know, your, your lower back is financial stress and your right hip. You're feeling that someone's talking about me. My fear of being attacked or raped is back here. People get sciatic nerve. People get feelings, backaches. You're losing power because you're frightened about your financial survival. You don't lose power out of your elbow for that reason. You lose it here. Your solar plexus. Your, if I said to you, I would never wear that sweater. And I, I'm not, you know, but I'm just, I would never wear that. I would, I would. <laughs> but you would hemorrhage here from your gut. Right here. Some people wear bright red ties all the way down to the <laughs> good catch. That's my kind of person. Because they're covering their insecurity. This is where you hemorrhage when someone criticizes you. You go this way, or you sit over that. You're being gutted like a fish. If I said, wow, that looks fabulous, you're going to open up. Because I'm giving you, here's another word for it, grace. If you really want to fly with the angels, you use the word that really, I'm grace. I'm, it's like a blessing. Your fourth is your heart. But it, to say it's love is a masterpiece of understatement. This is your capacity to sense your atmosphere. This is where you hold resentment, major wrath. Wrath is bad, big, huge bad. This is your power of choice and your center of addiction. This is right here, here and here, your two centers of addiction. This is your intellectual center, the center of how you create your narratives about what you think is real in the world. This isn't your brain trust. This is how you create what you think is real. And then your seventh is your connection to the non-physical. I've gone through this so fast. It's like me taking you into a gourmet restaurant and giving you, hey, that's all you get. <laughs> you know, you get me started and I can't stop. That's good. I'll stop you. I'll stop you. So I suppose what I would love to know is... What are some of the most common symptoms that you see people having, and what chakra do they relate to? Like, if you have a thyroid issue, for example, right. what does that mean, and, and, and what do we do about it? Do you know, the first thing I want to kind of clear up is that one of the ways we think that is really not an asset is that we think like mathematicians or very Cartesian, which is that we think that for every one thing, there's one solution, like one-on-one, -on -one, which is not the case. Right. So if we have a thyroid condition, it's like coming to me and saying, for every one problem, there's one solution. And we're doing the same thing with climate change or things like that, when in fact, sometimes when I do a reading on someone, you don't have a problem, you have a predicament. And if you're at the predicament level, there aren't solutions. We have a predicament with climate change. There aren't solutions. So 
just to cheer everyone up, you know. But you know, I, and no, I mean, it's it's going to take us in an evolution. You're here because you're part of the evolution. You're part of a new way of thinking. With thyroid, it indicates that the challenge of it could be a challenge of expression. It could be a challenge of maturation in you. That, the t that you've reached a level of your life where you are not speaking even to yourself. Oftentimes, someone will think that you're not saying something to others when, in fact, it's how you counsel yourself. And counsel's a big word. It's how you speak to yourself about matters in your life, how you interpret your problems, how you interpret your thinking, your attitude, all of that. Last year, I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers. And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to Airbnb dot com slash host we'll get back to today's chat in a minute this march i went to expo west in anaheim which is a massive natural product show it was very encouraging to see how consumers are shaping so many different markets from food to beauty and wellness and equally encouraging to see how entrepreneurs are rising up to meet the demand for products that better align with our values and individual health goals. I saw a lot of interesting brands there, but the Flow Station was probably the most fun stop at the convention center, which deserves an award in and of itself. After I finished in Flow's augmented reality superhero photo booth, here's what I learned. Flow Alkaline Spring Water has more healthy minerals than most bottled waters and it's naturally alkaline with a pH of 8.1. As the flow team explains it, this means that the minerals in flow, such as magnesium, calcium, and potassium, come from the earth, not an artificial process. This all makes flow a more appealing on-the-go option. I really appreciate that flow uses mostly sustainable paperboard packaging, and their cap is unique in that it's plant-based, made from sugarcane. Flow is also convenient. You can subscribe and get Flow delivered straight to your door, and shipping is always free. Head to flowhydration.com for 30% off your order or first month of subscription. Just type in promo code GOOP30 at checkout. That's flowhydration.com and use GOOP30 for 30% off your order. And now back to my chat with Caroline Mace. How detrimental is it to our health to not speak the truth to ourselves? It's lethal. 
it's actually that problematic because how can you resolve anything? How can you, if you don't speak the truth to yourself, your only option is to find a way to blame others or to come up with reasons that are not accurate. And then that's called creating a narrative. And then you're going to live a lie. And it takes a lot of effort to live a lie. A lot of effort. And there's a lot of strain that comes with living a lie. So what, what would be the process? So if sometimes symptoms are there to, or an issue is there to sort of wake us up to that part of ourselves or wake us up to a specific issue. I, I see a lot with friends who have chronic issues that, for example, Western medicine isn't necessarily healing. How, how does one start to identify the deeper emotional or energetic connection to something chronic. Like, for example, I have a friend in Los Angeles who constantly has a bladder infection and antibiotics don't work. And she was saying to me the other day, what, what shall I do about this? And so I thought, well, I'll ask Carolyn Pace. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. Like with, with any other issue, the first thing I would always say to somebody is, let's get out of the issue and let's just put your lifestyle on the table. Your, you, let's put your whole lifestyle on the table and let's look at the whole of how you are living. Because obviously, think of your life as a ship that's gone out of balance. And, and I'll, I'll give this to you. This is one of those jewels you can take with you for the rest of your life forever. And that's that you are like a ship, and a ship always will go back to balance. It will always struggle to get itself to balance in order to sail right. And so when anything goes wrong in your body or in your life, imagine that it's trying to get back to balance. So instead of looking like, what, what's going on with my bladder, the first thing you should ask is, what's out of balance? And go at it that way. Because it could be any number. It could be a complexity of things. And that's the best way to do it. So you start there, and then what is the roadmap to go to explore the next issue of what it could possibly be? Well, you know, it, it can be a mixture of, well, how am I acting in relationships? Is there a struggle that's ongoing in any number of relationships? What am I struggling about? What am I worried about? And how am I handling those patterns? You know, if you are repeating yourself in how you're trying to solve your problems, then you're not solving them. Okay. If you are constantly worrying about something, but not doing anything that's not serving you, and that's keeping you off balance. If you are in anguish about something, and you are repeating the anguish to people without actually resolving it. That's a type of poison that can get into your bladder. 
repeating your anguish without ever taking a step to resolve it. However it is you want to resolve that. Does, does the resolution mean I need to act on something? I need to say something to someone? I need to change my attitude, change it? There's always a door open. There's always a door open. You have to take that door. So we're, we are responsible for getting to deeper levels of healing, accountability. Yeah. There's always something. Right. There's always something that you can resolve or do in some way. Yes. Uh, you wrote something that was really fascinating to me. You said, I, I, I think, something like people in their interactions are looking for intuitions that are safe but not necessarily healthy. So what, is, what do you mean by that? Intuition has been greatly misunderstood by people. What is intuition? First of all, we're born intuitive. But oftentimes people will think your intuition is about getting a gut hunch to save you from making a mistake to save you from losing money, to get a gut hunch on what someone else is doing. And that's what I mean, you know. But, but in fact, your gut intuition is always about, it, it works like this. There are stages of your intuition. The first is animal gut level. And that is the kind that, well, you don't even have to be aware of it. It turns on automatically. It's the kind of intuition that says, I shouldn't cross this bridge or when you, I shouldn't walk down this alley. And when this level of your intuition is on, it's the kind that says, I don't think I want to eat this. It looks bad. Or I, I don't think I want to trust this person. And that level of your intuition is up and running all the time, and you rarely th th you think, I think I just had an intuitive hit. It's just automatic, it's organic. Mm -hmm. The second level is when you actively pursue guidance, when you actively want to refine this system, and you're going for something a little bit more conscious, and at that level, you become a participant in refining this. And you start asking for things, for your system to speak to you in a much more dialogue. You're asking for guidance about what should I do? What should I do here? The third level is revelation. There's nothing you ask, it's given. Well, I think we're just about out of time. So my last question is, what are the things, like, do you do any chakra meditations? What are the tools that you use to stay connected to yourself? I'm probably going to disappoint you here. <laughs> I, I pray. That's I'm, beautiful. I'm actually, I'm writing a book called The Holy Language. It's on prayer, grace, and guidance. And I'm... I'm a deep believer in the power of prayer, and I have, when I, when I introduced that in my workshop, after years, I'm telling you years, of staying away from it, my work took a shift, a profound shift 
into the more mystical waters. And I was so hesitant to go anywhere near that. And, and I witnessed a healing as a result of prayer. And so I brought prayer back into, not like Catholic, not none of that, none of that, just a guided sort of prayer. And in the second workshop, I was doing the, I was on a book tour for Entering the Castle, one of the books I wrote, and another healing happened. I'm talking the, an actual healing. And after that, I pursued healing. Like, what is it? And, and what is a miracle in the true sense of it? What is the, this power of prayer? And why are people afraid of it? Afraid. That's what I do. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Caroline Mace. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. And I absolutely recommend that you dive into her work at mace.com. That's M-Y-S-S dot com. And pick up a copy of her books, including Anatomy of the Spirit. Again, we're so grateful that you tuned in to the Goop podcast today. And we hope you'll be back soon. We have a new episode coming on Thursday. As always, we'd love to know what you think. So please rate and review, share with a friend and hit subscribe. Head to goop.com slash the podcast for more info.